0: Hey everyone, thanks for checking out the Venture Church podcast. Venture is a life-giving church located in Bluffton, South Carolina, led by Pastor Sean Olson. We are so glad that you're joining us today. We hope this word encourages you and inspires you. Now, let's dive into the word with Pastor Sean and his message for this week. It's good to have some fun in church. I was out front greeting people. Uh, Man, I'm super, super glad all of you showed up, but I was out front front greeting people, and I saw a daughter kind of hiding her eyes from her father, and I look up, why? Because dad had figured out that we got some speakers out front, we're waking the neighbors, and he's out there busting a jam, you know, he's getting it, and I was like, no, 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 right? Did you know that church is supposed to be fun? Like, did you know you're supposed to laugh, you're supposed to smile, you're supposed to enjoy the people you see at church? It's supposed to be a good, a good time. It's certainly our hope as a team that you have fun this morning, uh, that you're inspired and ultimately that you feel at home. Church is way more than attending something on a Sunday morning. It's a group of people. We like to call it family. Uh, it's a group of people that, that you do life together, that you enjoy having fun, that you celebrate big moments, and you cry in low moments, and we are certainly excited that you chose to be here this morning. I am starting uh, a new series on anxiety today, anxious for nothing. I want to tell you right now this is a great series for you to invite some people to church because I promise you you know people right now that feel like they're at their breaking point. They're done, man. They 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 are over the top, overwhelmed, can't take it anymore. This is a series for you say, "Hey, My church is going to talk about this for the next few weeks. I'd love for you to just come, hang out, sit with me. I'll buy you lunch afterwards. It'll probably be Wendy's because I'm broke. Threw that in there for you, teenagers. You know, but hey, we'll get a four for four. We'll get a four for four and we'll split it because I got two bucks for each of us. All right. (laughs) Come on, give it up for the poor, you know, the the, the poor teenagers over here. Right. But we're we're going to talk about anxiety because here's the reality. Statistically, we've never been more stressed than we are today. Ten years ago, we weren't as stressed and overrun as we are right now. Five years ago, we weren't as overwhelmed as we are right now. And we we want to change the circumstances. We want to blame the culture. We want to blame the world. We want to blame the pace. But I believe there is a deeper cause. I believe there's a deeper reasoning that we can look at. And I want to tell you first and foremost that I believe also that anxiety is a real thing. It's a real struggle. Uh, so I don't think we sweep this under the rug and talk about it hypothetically. I think it is a real thing, but it's not new. Its expression may be new, but it's not new. Uh, my commitment to myself and those around me this year is to been, listen, by the way, you want to you wanna change some relationships in your life, stop using your mouth, start using your ears. It's that simple, teenagers. I'm just messing with you guys today. It's so much fun. Uh, it's, it's that simple. Uh, it's, it's that simple. You want to change relationships? Stop using this and start using this. Uh, but don't listen to respond. Listen to understand. Uh, so as I've been listening to the people around me, I keep hearing things like, I can't anymore. I can't even. Right? Yeah. I just can't. Uh, as, and I've had... Enough, or, or even that one, enough is enough. Maybe that's, that's your statement, enough is enough. Enough, or, or maybe I'm over it. Just simply over it. What is it? It doesn't matter, I'm over it. I was over it yesterday as I was doing some work. I'm over it, over it. Like whatever that looks like for you, whatever your word is, I know this, you're not alone in feeling that way. So if you walked in this morning feeling any of those statements, over it, enough. I can't take it anymore. The end of my rope. If anything else happens in life, I'm gonna break. All of those statements, this series is for you. If you walked in this morning going, man, life is absolutely perfect. I would like a meeting with you this week. I just wanna get some notes and get some advice from you. But if you're not at a place where you're at your breaking point, take notes anyway, because God will often give you a word before you need it to prepare you for the season that's coming. Don't ever disregard something that God is speaking to you. So anxious for nothing. Philippians 4, 4 through 6. Rejoice in the Lord always. Uh, And then I feel like the Bible's treating us like toddlers. I will say it again for the people in the back. Rejoice always. Let your gentleness Be evident to all. The Lord is near. I need you to remember that word. The Lord is near. Because at the end of this message, you're going to draw back to this word near. The Lord is near. Then verse six. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Now, to understand the magnitude, to understand the depth of the scripture, we have to understand the setting of the scripture. Because sometimes we take the words and we extract them from their setting, and sometimes they lose the magnitude or the, the importance of it. Paul is writing this. Well, Paul wrote most of the New Testament, but Paul, who dreamed of going to Rome to preach, is writing this from Rome as a prisoner. His dream was to go to Rome to preach... He is sitting in Rome as a prisoner, writing this scripture. Don't be anxious for anything. What happens when your dream becomes a dungeon? What happens? He dreamed to return to Rome, to to preach, to, to share the gospel. And here he is in Rome, in a dungeon. I do believe that as some of us adults we had dreams that became dungeons and we became anxious about the dungeon we're sitting in and the dream that was never fulfilled. Paul is sitting in the prison and he says, rejoice. Hey, bro, you're in prison. I don't know that rejoice is the word I'd start with. No, 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 rejoice. I'm gonna say it again. Rejoice and don't be anxious about, about anything. Let's, let's just get real for a moment. Can, can we just... Is that even possible? Like, there's one verse of scripture that seems to challenge everything we know. It may be this one. Just walk up to people. Don't be anxious about anything. Waiting. it's going to take you about five minutes to get this one. You know, like, like, don't, no, 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 no. You walk into Walmart because there's some anxiety in the parking lot of Walmart. You know, instead of holding signs, repent, you're going to hell. Don't be anxious for anything. (laughs) And just walk through the parking lot. I saw you. I saw you yelling. You know, just just, Target. Target. Mm -hmm. Starbucks drive-thru, praise him. When they get your order wrong, just have there the sign. Chipotle when they're out of chicken. Come on, man. You have one job. You have one job. (laughs) Just sit there. You know what I'm saying? Just don't be anxious for anything. Just like, you know, like, like the elf on the shelf put a don't be anxious for anything on the mantle. <laughs> Kids come down yelling. Mm-hmm. Mm, got a flag on the play. You know, like, don't be anxious for anything. But when you look at lives, our, our schedule's out of control. Money runs out before the end of the month kids run out of control. We look at what we don't have instead of what we do have. We think about the dreams that have yet to be fulfilled. Like everything is binding us to this anxiety. In fact, this upcoming generation who I'm kind of picking on, statistically speaking, they're the most stressed out generation that has ever walked the earth. Justifiably, by the way, before you say they're soft and snowflakes, justifiably, justifiably you don't understand the pressure that they that they deal with because our generation, all of a sudden I put myself in the older category, I don't love it, right? Our generation didn't deal with the pressure they have to deal with. So they're the most stressed out generation coming. We are giving antidepressants and anxiety medication to people younger and younger. Stress and anxiety is a very real thing. But again, it's... It's an equal opportunity, Fender, regardless of what age you are in this auditorium. We express our stress and anxiety differently, but we all experience. But again, it's not new. It's not new. Take Elijah, for instance, out of the Bible. Elijah had seen God do some incredible things. I mean, awesome stuff, miracles, miracles like miracles, miracles, like incredible things. He had seen God be faithful time and time again. One of my favorite stories, like in case you don't like open the Bible and read it yourself, which you should do that by the way, it's a really good idea. Uh, I highly encourage it. But in case you haven't done it, Elijah gets into a fight, like a fight with 800 other guys believing God is gonna strike down fire from heaven. He's like, what now guys? Like, he talks trash in the Bible. The Bible's really interesting. should pick it up and, and read it. But he, he, I love this story. Elijah and the 800 prophets of Baal, just him and his servant. It's important that you remember that too, by the way. Just him and his servant. And they get in this holy throwdown. And it goes crazy, and Elijah's there, and, Elijah, and God strikes it down, and there's the victory. Ah, he's seen it all. But then the woman Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that ain't Mother's Day, but then the woman, (laughs) but then the woman, Jezebel, Jezebel comes on the scene, like, I'm gonna kill Elijah, what does Elijah do on a threat of one woman, falls apart, He falls apart, he's seeing God do all this other stuff and then crisis hits in this way that he's unprepared for and he literally falls apart. Look at 1 Kings chapter 19, verse three and four. This is our, our main scripture for today. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. Ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. He came to a broom bush sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I've had enough. I'm over it. Enough is enough. I can't even, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. This is the guy, the guy who had, who had seen God do all those incredible things, who had been present in the midst of all those miracles. He is now running for his life and praying that God would take it, saying he's no good. But look at how, sometimes we read the Bible and we forget to to put the pieces together. Look at how irrational he's behaving. By the way, anxiety often leads us to irrational behavior. In your own life, anxiety often leads you to irrational behavior. Why is he running from Jezebel? Because Jezebel's gonna kill him. Here he runs away and what's he praying for? To die. Bro, you're running to save your life. Now you're praying to God to kill you. Anxiety leads us to irrational behavior. He is praying for the very thing he is running away from. Anxiety leads us to irrational behavior, because he was once afraid of dying at the hands of Jezebel. Now he's praying for you. See, anxiety confuses our thoughts, our aspirations and our dreams. I've had enough. I'm over it. I don't know about you, but when I feel stressed and, and, and overwhelmed, it's not like I can just sit around and be like, oh, it's a great season just to dream. Like, I wanna survive. I think that right now, this isn't in my notes, but I just feel it so strong in my soul. The thing that's robbing purpose in our generation and in our culture it isn't the lack of dreams, it's that anxiety is suffocating them. Anxiety is suffocating our ability to dream and make a difference. So we have traded God's breath of dreams out for the breath of survival. I just need to make it through a week, hallelujah. How many times am I gonna hit some Starbucks? Praise him for coffee. And the Lord made coffee and he said, it is very good. That's not quite in the Genesis 1-1 account, but I believe it's close, all right? I I just gotta make it. I'm just going to survive and we've traded out God's breath that was meant for us to make a difference and dream for the breath of survival. But Elijah didn't just wake up one day and 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 get here. He didn't just wake up and run for his life. He made, I believe if we look at the whole count, he made about four decisions. And if you were here last week and you heard you heard our message, I said that that our decisions direct our life. Our decisions lead us not our desires. Our decisions do. So he made four distinct decisions that, that I see that we are that we often make that lead us into this anxiety. The first one, run forest, run. Y'all don't even know. Y'all don't even know. All right. Run forest run. Y'all don't even run forest run. I got him on both sides, right? Uh run. When he came to Beersheba, where is Beersheba? He ran. A hundred miles. It's a lot of running. I don't even like running. He ran a hundred, a hundred miles. That's that's more than your body could probably handle. But he ran a hundred miles. Literally, he ran as far as he could before the earth changed and he becomes to the shore maybe the moment of breaking is a culmination of a season of running too much my kids the other day we were driving around in the car and out of nowhere they asked. colin is very inquisitive he loves to ask questions uh have you ever run a gas dad proudly told him no no i have not you know why because thank god we live in this awesome generation where it tells me how many miles to empty aren't you glad for technology see now it turns into a game and you know it See, old school, we just had the needle. And sometimes that needle, it kind of moved like this as you're driving. Do you take the high? Do you take the low? I don't know. Uh, It was a guessing game. Now you get in, you turn your car on. It's like 267 miles to empty. I'm good to go for a while. I'm good to go for a while. You see, running out of gas isn't about the distance you travel. It's about the stops you make. So I tell my kids, no, I've never run out of gas. Why? Because I know It's not about how far I'm going. It's about knowing when I need to refill. And some of us, we start running without the source. See, God calls himself the source. He says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. Something's got to flow through me to get into you if you're going to make it the distance. He has a race for you to run. It's not the circumstances. It's not the struggle of life. It's that you've detached yourself from the source. I promise if you all leave here and none of you stop at a gas tank this week, we'll have funny stories next week. Please, somebody try it. We'll come in and we'll all share about sitting on the side of the road waiting for someone to come and help us with some fuel. The problem is, we're a generation in a culture that over celebrates running and we've detached ourselves from a source. How far are you going to drive your car without pulling into the gas station? It's going to get down to 10 miles to go. And you got the little warning like, I'm good to go. Here's the problem. The next leg of your race, you may have to stop because you didn't see the warning sign. You didn't see the little light that came on that said, hey, you're running. Elijah ran a 100 miles. And oftentimes, Satan uses fear of something to drive us away from the purpose that God was calling us to, and we run in the wrong direction, detached from the source. And we wind up feeling... Overwhelmed, stressed out, anxious. It's not the distance that you're traveling. It's the fact that you're not connected to the source. Elijah just didn't run for a long way. He ran alone. He ran alone. Look what happens in verse three. He left his servant there and went further in. Now go back to the story I told you. He took on 800 with who? Him and his servant. Now he's running by himself. You see, anxiety creates a climate of isolation. Me and you both know that, that when you, when you start playing the mind games that anxiety plays, when you start feeling stressed out, when you start feeling overwhelmed, you're the only person in the world that understands. It's just me. And you can lay there and and your mind, what happens is it creates a climate of, of isolation. The biggest attack on your life is to isolate you. The biggest attack on your life is to isolate you from the people that will help carry your burden. So if the attack of anxiety is to create isolation, and one of my statements is isolation leads to devastation, anxiety creates a climate of devastation through isolation. You isolate yourself. This is why we say like this, you can't do life alone. This is why right now we're in the middle of, of launching our next semester of small groups. Here's the deal, look at, look at somebody right now, say you need to be in a group. Go ahead, y'all didn't talk very much. I give y'all a chance to talk like some junior hires. Can we talk now? Talk, tell somebody they need to be in a group. Go ahead, I'll stop. They didn't listen the first time. Tell them again. Normally, like, look at the other side. No, that person, they are hard headed. They didn't listen. Go ahead and tell them again. They need to be in a group. Can I tell you? When Elijah went further by himself, it's because Satan was isolating him. You can run far, but you can't run alone. You can't run alone. And this is why one of the things we're so passionate about is, is small groups. Life change happens in the context of relationship. Life is heavy. Going after your dreams. I've got this thing in my heart. It's not, even, it's not even in my message, but it'll come out eventually. I've got this thing in my heart so passionate that God puts people around us to extract the dreams he's given us. But we live in anxiety, in isolation. There's no one to reach in and say, God's put it inside of you. You can do it. Look at Jonathan in his armor bearer. He says, hey, go do whatever God's put in your heart. I don't know what it is, but I'm telling you, go after it. We got to be in community if we're going to dream again, if we're going to pursue purpose. Otherwise, we, we live in isolation. I can't. I'll never. So when anxiety picks its head up, pursue people. Now, now who? Life-giving, God-honoring People, not just anybody, right? Not just not just anybody. Pursue people that will point you towards your purpose. Pursue people. When anxiety rares its head up, go after people. And Elijah didn't just run alone. He he ran with the wrong mindset. Look at him at the end of the verse. He says, "I'm not. I'm not better than my ancestors." Anxiety will cause you to doubt your call, doubt your giftedness and even doubt God's favor on your life. I'm not better. I'm not better. But wait a second. Don't you remember all those all those things that God had done through you? Done for you? I'm not better. And we wind up living in this negative mindset. You cannot overcome anxiety while having a negative mindset. You cannot, I'm trying to give you practical tips here for a moment. You can't overcome anxiety while living a negative life. Now, we, we, we've got three mistakes that Elijah has made. He ran far, ran himself into the ground. Some of you, you're, you're, you're filled with anxiety, you're filled with stress, you're filled overwhelmed. And if I sat and I looked at your calendar, I would say, well, here, here's the source. You've run yourself into the ground. He, he ran alone. He detached himself from people that were life giving. He detached himself from, from his friend who had been with him when God did the amazing things. And he isolated himself and, and now he ran with the wrong mindset. But ultimately he ran without God. He ran the wrong direction ultimately We make the mistake of running our entire race. Listen, even those of us that have seen God move, we've seen God be present. We've seen God be faithful. We've seen God move. We've seen God do the impossible in our lives. We've experienced it. But now all of a sudden, anxiety calls me through my idea of survival to run without God in a direction he never intended because of a fear he never created. Satan uses fear to create anxiety, to create separation between us and God. It's a play for you. And what happens is because we get into this idea of survival, we run without God. Elijah had seen God's presence and faithfulness all through his life. All through his life, And now he's out doing what I call throwing his preteen temper tantrum. That's what what I've dubbed it. He literally ran away from God, said whatever, slammed his proverbial door, and looked up and said, my life is terrible. I'm sure there's some teen parents that have heard that in the room somewhere. Praise him. Now I've got you guys pegged, all right? Whatever, my life is so bad. Like, that is Elijah right now. And because if you look at it like that, if I'm dad, if I'm God, I'm like, fine, if your life's so terrible, I'm taking the hinges off the door. Slam it now. What? Mm. Got you. Checkmate. Do the dishes too. Right? Like that, that's my response. Some parents get it. I understand. Right? Got an 11-year-old. What? Some sass. Elijah throws his, his, his spiritual temper tantrum, and I love God's response. See, if we're going to look at the anxiety of Elijah and we're going to live there, we've been there. We feel alone. We feel overwhelmed. We've run because life has run us into the ground. That's where we are. Then we can't stop. we got to look at God's response because it shows us the character of God when we've done all this. And I love God's response. First Kings 19, 11 and 12, the Lord said, first thing you need to know, I didn't even get but three words in. It's gonna take me a long time to read all this if I do it like this. The Lord said, he speaks in the moment of your anxiety and stress. He speaks, he calls to you. He cares about you. I, I've prayed over this moment right now, right here, because some of you, you're only here because you heard I was speaking on anxiety. You're only here because you saw it on social media and your life is full of stress and full of anxiety and you feel overwhelmed all the time. And as I talk about running into the ground, you're like, man, how do I get off the ground? I'm already there. The Lord said, he's speaking. And even if we're laying on the ground proverbial because we, we can't get up because we've run our life into the ground, he says, the Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord for the Lord is about to pass by. I want to tell you, your moment is coming. the Lord is about to pass by in this room. The Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. Came a gentle whisper. He says, go out. I'm telling you, the Lord is about to move. The Lord's about to move in this place right here, right now. I believe, and I've believed all morning, all week as I wrote this message, that there's going to be some people that you're going to experience freedom from anxiety. Because you're going to see it play out before your eyes. But I want to tell you something, and and I'm a little bit of tough love and a whole lot of grace, but here's my tough love. Sitting in your wallow, you will not see your victory. That's why he was called to get out of that place and find himself where the Lord is. Sometimes we want the ability to sit in our wallow and complain, and we want God to come to us. And he said, it's time to move. You got to get out. It's time to get back up. Get out. Then the extraordinary happened. Get this. The earth shakes, the wind tears the mountains apart. By the way, sometimes right before your breakthrough, things begin to break. Right before your breakthrough, things begin to break. He is standing on the ground. I don't know about you, but the one thing I find a constant in my life is the ground and gravity. And right before his breakthrough, the very thing he thought he could stand on broke. And maybe the breaking in your life is telling you that your breakthrough is coming. His mountain is breaking. The wind blows and all the rocks around him are shattering. The earth shakes, fire falls. And maybe that's where you find yourself right now in the midst of chaos going, God, I'm out here, where are you? But God wasn't in any of the extraordinary. You've been looking for God in the circumstances to change. And he says, listen. And at the end of all of that, there was a whisper. Now, why? Why a whisper? Let me introduce you to my son, Jeremiah. Come on, bubba. He's been waiting all morning. Somebody tell my son how awesome he is with a clap. Wait, no, you can't be there yet. Remember, we practiced this. You wanna wave? You can wave to him. it's okay. There you go. All right, Jeremiah, go way back there in the corner. Remember, run, 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 run. He's super fast too, y'all. Right, there he goes. Now stop, Jeremiah, can you hear me? That's the best. I love you, buddy. Thanks. And all of, see, here's the thing. There's all this space and people between us, son. So I got to yell. Come on up here with me. Come on. Oh, you're about to get the picture. God's about to move in this place. Prepare your hearts. Jeremiah, can you hear me? See, some of you, see, he's getting bigger now. I almost almost couldn't use him to do this because he's so big. But see, when they're, they're playing in the house, I have to yell in my home because there's walls between me and them. There's space between me and them. There's chaos because they're playing like boys. There's wrestling and there's mess and there's Legos and all this stuff. So I have to yell to get above it all. In fact, I've cheated, if you will. I've got Alexa all over my house. So I use another device and I say, Alexa, make an announcement. And my voice goes through all the house. And maybe the reason you're lacking peace is you're getting the voice of God from someone else. You're letting somebody else tell you what God said rather than being close enough to hear him yourself. Maybe the reason we're lacking it is because we need a yell, but he didn't yell. We would think God would yell because of the preteen temper tantrum, but he wasn't in the extraordinary. He was in the, the whisper. And Even though my son has gotten bigger, there are moments he gets hurt because he likes to play football with the big boys. He does. He's still just small enough, he's got the top bunk, and daddy will crawl up next to him, and when he gets hurt, he's just small enough. I can still pick him up. You see, when I pick him up, watch. You're never I can whisper. Never I can whisper. Why? Because I'm close. Because I'm right here, and whatever hurts you, I'm close enough that I can whisper into your ear. It's gonna be okay. I know it's been hard. I know it hurts. I know you feel like you can't go back out there. I know that you feel like you can't do it anymore. But I'm right here so I can whisper because I'm close. Let me tell you. You may be like Elijah, you've walked out and the things around you, the very ground you thought you could once stand on is shaking and everything around you is breaking and your life is filled with stress and anxiety. And you're going, God, where where are you? He's whispering because he's close. He's never going to let me die. this morning the circumstances of your life the struggles of your life have put you here I need to ask you a question is why you're here because you have an authentic relationship with God or religion because I'm going to tell you something obligation rules and duty won't save you when life falls apart when the ground beneath you is, is shaking Everything around you is becoming chaotic. You need a God that's close enough to whisper. When my son is hurt, I don't shout the rules. I hold him and whisper because we have a relationship. That's what relationship offers that religion cannot. Do me a favor and bow your heads and close your eyes. Not as a religious duty to block out the distractions in this room. Today, quite frankly, I, I don't. I don't care if today is your first time or you've been here every week, this church has been opened. I want to invite you into something that I believe with all of my heart will change how you make it through life, will change how you view life, will change how you survive life. And that's a relationship with Jesus. Here's the beautiful thing. He's already done all of the work. He did that on the cross and he said, I got you. That's why we did communion to remember it. We have to accept it and live in relationship with him. And that is not bound by rules and religion. It is bound by his love and pursuit and acceptance. And today, I believe he's been pursuing you. You came in not knowing how you're going to make it through this week. I'm going to tell you how. The whisper. The one that will hold you when everything else seems to fall apart. If in this moment, you know in your heart, you don't have a relationship with Jesus. You don't have a relationship with God. I promise I give you my word, I will not embarrass you. I just wanna pray with you. Be so bold and authentic to raise your hand and look at me. Thank you, come on. Raise your hand right now, don't let anybody stop you. Don't let the the nerves, don't let the anxiety even that is welling up in you right now over this decision. Don't let the fear control you, just say, that's me. I need a relationship with God. Anyone else? I I don't wanna miss you, I just wanna pray with you. I believe this is a break free moment, thank you. Come on, somebody else. Thank you, buddy. Anyone else? I need this in my life right now. It's so deep and so strong. I need this. All right, I want to ask all of all of you in this room to repeat after me. Especially those that raise their hand. But all of my friends, say, dear Jesus, today I need you. I need your love, acceptance forgiveness. I need you daily. I lean on you, and I accept you. In your name, amen. Thank you so much for joining us. If you enjoyed today's message, take a second and share it with your friends. Here at Venture, we believe in the power of being connected with a local church body. So whether that's with us at Venture or another local church near you, we encourage you to get plugged in. We hope you have an amazing week, and thanks again for listening to the Venture Church Podcast.